She's live. Go on. Hi, Council. Hi, Thing. Kenny? Kenny, I want you to know something. Turn your mic on, bro. Kenny, I want you to know something. Hmm. I was concerned. Why am I blowing my nose? Hey, man, mind your own business, Matthew. But I decided not not to contact you. Not on the council. (laughs) You know, I was concerned for what you were eating this afternoon. Probably salad. Carl Wetzel. I bet that diet has to change. Oh, boy, has it ever. Anyway, not on the council. Not on the council, Joe. Carl Wetzel cited a turkey after leaving McGovern's. There's a turkey running down West 7th. That's not uncommon, Matt. Okay. Ugh, my nose is driving me crazy. <clears throat> it's all that dandy. <laughs> uh, let's sign in to email. Why? Why do you do this? Hmm? Why do you make me into your? What are you talking about? You're sinful. Because I I decadence. have no willpower. Well, same. Pretty damn good. Ninety six to sign in. Okay. The stuff people send me on, one guy said today, 30-year listener, never going to listen again. I replied, sure you will. (laughs) There you go. That's called confidence. Because of Trump? Yeah. Has anybody had the uh, courage to bring up the whole Antichrist thing? Seems like it's that he that he's the antichrist. Well, uh, you just said it, not me. <laughs> no, I have someone else in mind who's the Good antichrist. Job. A lot of people like Christ, helping the blind people. Did you uh, did you guys watch any of his uh, Paul Harvey uh, parody? I, I I read about it, and it sounds like he's saying that Christ sent him here to save us yeah i only watched the first 20 seconds but that's kind of what i got out of it jesus christ whose full name you know he was he was jewish so his full name might have been like christowitz but (laughs) god rose him from the dead on a holiday we now call easter not a lot of people know that but it's it's called easter (laughs) it's when jesus and the two Corinthians <laughs> met the Easter bunny and came back from the dead. Oh, God. It's a beautiful story. Very important for the Christians like me. And I have decided, I'm announcing today, we are going to bring back the economy on Easter Sunday. Because God, who, to be honest, is, you know, he's a good God. He's done some, some strong things. Some, let's be honest. His record is like not so great, though. Uh, he brought one guy back on Easter Sunday, and it was his son, so it was kind of like bias. Nepotism. But we're going to bring back 
the entire economy. What is the Paul Harvey thing John's talking about? It's uh, Paul Harvey's dead. And God created a farmer. Remember that one? Yeah. And now it's God created a man. Uh, oh, Jude, somebody's, doing, somebody's doing a bit. Well, Trump mm. ran it well, on his truth social thing. Oh, so. you, you at all. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll have it in the news uh, along with those. Gentlemen, seriously, what are we going to do for that? We can't talk about this every day for the next. I week. have it under control, oh. and I, I uh, we're going to lose my mind. I want the council to understand that this is something I take under advisement. Take under advisement, and I take it seriously. Yes, of course. And, and I uh, believe your advisement's name was Christowitz. In 50 oh, years ago. A Jewish guy, his name was, you know, maybe Christowitz. Did he say a, 150 years ago? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know what. That was, that's the perfect part of his imitation, is he, that's exactly what Trump would say. Had a lot, a lot of, not a lot of people know it's like called Easter. 50 years ago. And two Corinthians. And the Easter Bunny. Two Corinthians and the Easter Bunny. <laughs> That's you know what that is. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Which which is that? Uh, which guy is that? Is that uh, JL Calvin. Calvin. Got your a calculator in front of you, Joe. Your phone. I got a phone. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Get, open up your calculator. Calculator. Uh, we go to the calculator. <laughs> hey, this calculator. Is a, this is a fun game to play when you're yeah. bored and yeah. you've had a little medicine. Sure. Uh, enter in the year you were born. You don't have oh. to say it out loud. Yeah. Are you now that? subtract how old you are and prepare to be fucking disappointed. I, oh. I screwed up. Oh. Isn't that mine is 1907. 1913. Huh. Mine's 1891. Oh, <laughs> John. Oh, that's horrible, my friend. Joe's going to be like the Civil War. <laughs> the year you were born. Minus how old you are right now. 1931. <clears throat> if that doesn't make you feel old. 1875. The point of the game is you're really old. That's the point of the game. You, The equivalent of your life going back. To that point when you were born. I, I was ahead of this two months ago on Monday Night Sports Talk when I told Patrick. Yeah, it ain't that long A hundred years ain't what it used to be. <laughs> sure isn't. Uh, 150 years ago. That's when the Easter Bunny was here. I mean, my age subtracted from my year of birth would take us back to 1875. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. You want to go home now and cry? And Keith Richards is still alive. Mm -hmm. yeah. What if Keith did that? It'd be about 1850. Is Isn't that amazing? Well, what's the other one? Uh, you're closer now to 2001 than 2001 was to World War II or something like that. <clears throat> oh, never mind. Yeah. It's not worth pursuing. I remember that. Blue paint. Oh, crap. Speaking of that, I didn't text Royce. Uh, Rattaloni's hardware. Rattaloni's. Well, we got some we got some people that really want to help us out on this Christmas light prank. Oh boy. Are they you I knew, this, you knew this was going to happen? I've always had my doubts about that. 
Well, yesterday, uh, Kenny, we had a retired farmer break it down, and he disputed the whole event because nobody would pay that much money for extension cords. See? <laughs> I, they're expensive. Well, now another guy points out today, though, I get mine at a garage sale. It's feasible. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you can't win, uh, Chris. Are you ready? Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,220. January 5, 2024, 47 degrees was the high on this day on two occasions, 1885, huh. and again in 2019. And it was 28 below on this day on three occasions, 1884, 1912, and 1924. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. Yesterday, in what many people might have thought was a critical error, I read an email from a retired farmer sort who uh, broke down the Christmas light prank and said uh, we've been had because nobody'd pay that much money for extension cords. That leads to additional emails arriving today. <laughs> Many among them saying, don't you dare put the Christmas light prank on ice. It has to be played every year. Okay, But uh, Mark notes, I have thousands of feet of extension cords I've purchased at auctions over the past 20 years for pennies on the dollar. Yep. Just FYI. Okay. And then uh, Bob writes, I'm pretty sure the gentleman with the Christmas lights said he ran white two-wire electric wire that an electrician would use to wire a house. That would not cost much for 2,500 feet. Have a good day. Okay. And uh, but it's stiff and it's a pain to unspool yeah. and then keep it laying flat on the ground. And Richard uh, Moncada alerts me to don't worry about having to do any research on RFK Jr. Apparently, he leads a charge to eliminate fossil fuels in the name of global warming and wants to jail people involved in oil production. He linked me to a YouTube debate uh, debate with uh, Alex Epstein on that topic. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's enough to make me realize I don't have to take on that additional burden of researching JFK. RFK. What the hell? What yeah. the <laughs> Take your pick. It's Oswald conspiracy. Oh, same, same family. family. Oswald did Os it. Thanks, Chris. He's in there somewhere. <laughs> and John in Arizona notes the story in the strip on fentanyl stuffed toy animals from Arizona. Yeah. The names of the suspects uh, deserved a huge foghorn. Fautre yeah. and Stardasha. I, I have right. that story, and actually, it's more than just those two. It's, it's a couple of the other ones. Is that story coming up today, that, Jim? that will be in the news, yes, today. Very good. What's coming up on the news? And what's this one? It's coming up. Oh, uh, just a quick note regarding the Gumption County Institute for the Criminally Incompetent. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, Richard, 
who writes, uh, he's writing from Stetsonville, Wisconsin, Dateline Marshfield, Wisconsin, from WSAU Radio. Hey, let's go. Good morning. Cup we of coffee. Saw. All right. A man was arrested early Thursday morning at the Marshfield Police Station on suspicion of his fourth OWI, I suppose that's operating while intoxicated, after telling officers he thought the building was his hotel. <laughs> the identified man was found parked in a vehicle around 2.30 a.m. in the police lot. Officers <laughs> noticed a man hunched over the steering wheel with empty beer cans thrown about the interior. <laughs> when the man woke up, he struggled to roll down the window. Officers put him through the field sobriety test, which he could not complete. A breathalyzer uh, test clocked his blood alcohol at 0.265. The man's name has not been released. A fourth OWI charge in Wisconsin is a mandatory felony that carries a 60-day jail sentence and $600 in fines. So, again, you would be uh, people who want to sleep it off. You got to get, you got to make sure you're at your hotel. Got to go. That's in Wisconsin, a felony after the fourth one. Yep. You'd think they'd give you a trophy since you're in Wisconsin. You're in Wisconsin. Whatever. Only four? (laughs) Yeah. Come on, you amateur. Yeah. Might we talk about the uh, attempt to uh, create an eviction at a homeless situation in Minneapolis? Uh, For example, Kevin notes... How can it be an eviction when you don't, you weren't supposed to be there in the first place? Right. right. What are you, you being evicted you, from? You don't own the property. Not not really sure how you have to evict anyone who can't legally occupy the city-owned land they were occupying. But that's probably a conversation to have with someone from the failed academy. My question to you is: How is anyone with Native American heritage forced to be homeless? and live in one of these drug-infested, lawless, deplorable camps when we have a multi-billion dollar sovereign Native community right here in Shakopee. The Shakopee Metawonkton Sioux is worth billions and should have absolutely no issues with constructing temporary housing complexes. Those would be tax-free, by the way, for their own people who have fallen on such hard times. I think it's shameful that the business leaders of the Shakopee Metawonkton Sioux community don't seem to care about their own people and refuse to address homelessness with other less than fortunate Native Americans. Just a thought I had driving home from this morning. Keep pushing back and end DEI, Kevin Gordo. Uh, It's a great point. I guess I'm not in the business of telling uh, the casinos how to spend their money. Uh, True. And even though they're Native, most of them are Native people, I don't know what the... I would think this camp that they called Preciously, uh, Nenukasi. Well, uh, you are you doubting Preciously? Uh, no, um, <clears throat> I'm wondering why he didn't. I mean, he singled out the Shakopee tribe. Well, what about Little Earth right there? Yeah, I would say any. Well, I don't know that. Does Little Earth uh, have a means of income? Uh, uh, well, I guess I don't know that, but I know they're right there, right where the camp was. And some of the elders or the leaders there were in favor of moving this camp out of there because of the danger it represented to their people and the local community, the residents around that block. And what's interesting about this, Joe, is th- there's opinions on all sides, including opinions from 
neighbors there who want it gone and want it cleaned up. It's who the news media and the newspaper and the TVs decide to give the airtime and the print time to. It's really been fascinating to me because the, the media is only representing one side. There, I said my piece. Okay, and I'll, I'll, I'll say mine. Uh, this is an example of a situation that must be viewed through the lens of the oppressed versus the oppressor. And because the academy, the political life, the uh, uh, news gathering life, they will look at those living in Nenukasi as the oppressed. And everyone else is thus the oppressor, which means we have to pretend that calling it this means something, Nenukasi, when in a world uh, that wasn't defined by the oppressed and the oppressor, this kind of uh, situation with a homeless camp would be discussed with rationality. It would be discussed with logic. It would be discussed with clarity. This is a dump. It's dangerous. Right. It's unhealthy. It's a mess. It's littered. There's nothing about it that I have to acknowledge with sensitivity. You're not fooling me by calling it Nenukasi, but you're getting away with it because you're on the side of the oppressed. And the, the people who acknowledge an oppressed versus oppressor world as their only world, they, they cannot then, by definition, discuss this with any clarity. They can't discuss it with any accuracy. They can't discuss it with any logic or rationality. There's th This would not have happened in the United States prior to oppressed versus oppressor. These are people who need help. Help can be created. These, for the most part, are people with drug addiction problems. They're creating nothing but a giant mess. It shouldn't exist. It needs to be cleaned up. And all of you people, all of you hypocrites who think this is something that needs to be acknowledged as real, this is a real situation. No, all you're doing is demeaning Native American people by pretending this is real. You got to come up with some place for these people to live. Now, we'll hearken back to a solution we saw uh, came up on this show that brilliant scheme in Seattle where didn't they take yep. an entire abandoned prison mm -hmm. and it turned it into dormitory rooms or whatever with with counselors drug, and with everything the drug yep. addiction services when when walls did his phony purchase of the fruit warehouse i said can't that be divided into dorm rooms and have counselors ready and there's a million ways to go about this mm -hmm. but you hypocrites are trying to pretend this is meaningful full of sensitivity and back to the earth and you're full of b as in b s as in s this is a dump nobody <laughs> should have to put up with it including <laughs> the people living there now, for you people living there, you're not owed a damn thing except the charity of reasonable souls who realize you're hurting and need help. Okay? That's I, it. I love everything you just said, and I have a thought, and you might have to finish it for me because I don't have it nailed down. But I've often wondered how much it would take, as a dollar number here, to get these people off the street and into a facility like that. And if we could come up with a dollar amount, 
how come the Democrats, when they were spending that surplus, didn't throw a little something, something at it and just wipe the homeless pop- population, just take care of everything in Minneapolis I and St. Answer, Paul? I can answer your question. I, that I think could I be, know the answer. Well, that could be done for a figure that I'd bet anything would be far less than what it's going to cost to create this Family Leave Act. And why didn't they? And my my answer to that question is really dark. Yeah. They want them poor and homeless yeah. and on the street. They've got them right where they want Under them. their thumb. Now, I realize that's a dark thought, but... Well, first of all, you'd have to... You'd have to make, you'd have to arrive at a legislative agreement that it's a, it's a taxpayer obligation to solve this problem. As a taxpayer, I would sooner solve this problem than nine out of the 10 problems that the DFL legislature came up with. Yeah. Okay, because this yeah. is this is ridiculous, and for the uh, for the news gatherers to pretend and they go and visit some de facto leader of the of the camp and 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 they act like this is absolutely something real. No, it's not. It's a junkyard. It's a dump. It shouldn't exist. Well, all of the hypocrites don't seem to have anything to do with it, and it's pathetic. And uh, I don't, those neighbors have to be even more vocal. No, this is a no. You're not going to camp out here. We got to come up with a better solution. It would be nice if the media gave those neighbors the, the same voice they give to the camp leaders. Exactly. Go and interview the neighbors. Yeah. The have you ever that... been to a camp? Have you ever been to a homeless camp? In the I've Twin Cities? Them. I've seen no, them. have you ever gotten out and walked no. among them? No, I no, have. I would not. I have. It's ridiculous. Hello? It's pathetic. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. That's uh, just a GL way to look at it. I guess it's a GL way to look at it. I hope it's a GL way to look at it. But they've got, there are beds available. If we're filling those, we need to create more beds. And you know what? That's your option, because we're no longer, if the city of Minneapolis was governed by rational adults and not products of the failed academy, you would have a situation in Minneapolis and St. Paul where it is absolutely forbidden to even create one of these camps, because you would have solved that problem with other accommodations, and this cannot exist. There's nothing glorious about it. There's nothing to be sensitive about. There's nothing to acknowledge in some sort of past historical context. This is B as in B, S as in S. Yep. The need shouldn't even be there. The You're need right. should the need will always be there, but the answer could be better. And, and so, but Minneapolis and St. Paul are not governed by rational logical people. They're governed by products of the failed academy, white shoe lawyers, people who've never worked a day in their life doing anything meaningful. We have managed to elect ourselves into this position. It's a shame. I don't know if it can ever come back. Uh, But you can make a direct link, a direct link between these uh, suddenly sprouting up camps when you evict you move them out of one area, there's another camp that springs up. 
there's a direct link there that the people creating the new camp are getting away with it because they're viewed as oppressed and the oppressors don't know what else to do. Just what like do, do at the camps, just like the college presidents didn't know how to talk about the genocide of Jews or anti-Semitism on their campus. They didn't know how to because they had conflicting oppressed and oppressor groups that they were trying to balance in their pea brains. So All we right. need context. Context. Context is a means by which they can justify being wrong. All right. I didn't know you were going to be this good today. <laughs> well, I read to you from the uh, the lead. I won't read the whole thing. The lead editorial in the in the Wall Street Journal today is brilliant. It's exactly what we've been seeing. The rest of the journalism world is catching up to Garage Logic. Mm. Not Charles Blow of the New York Times. Brett Stevens did yesterday from the New York Times, uh, but the New York Times couldn't wait to rush back into print with Charles Blow today, who said getting rid of Claudine Gay is absolutely racism. Isn't that the equivalent, <laughs> though, of being a... You a, a, phony a, Blow. Joe, Joe, it's persecution. Yeah, it's persecution. <laughs> but isn't that the same as a sports reporter saying, well, Monday I picked him to win, but Tuesday I picked him to lose. That's the same thing. Well, I guess so. Uh, you don't have a garage guy anymore. You get the whole family when you sign on with Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities and Western Wisconsin. They're uh, they're growing so well and so rapidly. They still need employees, particularly in their warehouse inventory positions. They pay well, great benefits. People stay there because they love the, the work and the competency that uh, is expressed by Precision Door of the Twin Cities in Western Wisconsin. No extra charge for weekend work. They keep you apprised of everything, including texting you saying, hey, 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 let's go. We're on our way. Come on. We're on our way. So uh, call these people or put this number uh, in your phone, in your telephone contacts, and just label it garage door guy, even though you get the whole family. Right. <laughs> 612-263-6985. Or go uh, go to them online at precisiondoormn.com. Can uh, Mike can be with us? Bottom of the hour is that okay? Uh, yeah, let's do it before we go to news. How's that sound? What should I tell him? I uh, told him when he called. I told him about ten minutes. That's fine. Isn't it? Yeah, 10, 15, 10, 15 minutes or so. Right. Did Pat respond? Uh, I have not texted him yet. I just remembered. Thank you. Bruce. There's really no sports to talk about except the Wild are not going to make the playoffs. Oh, my God. They were so awful. The whole team is out. Well, they're so hurt that they have. Yeah. I don't know if the, I'm worried about the commie. You can't get jabbed in the kidneys like that. That could really wreak havoc. Uh, I'm going to warn you. Um, don't say anything nice about the flurry in front of my roommate. She will chop karate chop you in the throat. <laughs> and I'm, her. I'm on her side. I don't get it. Big deal. What he did 10, 20 well, years ago. Gustafson is hurt. <clears throat> What's he doing halfway across the ice? Get your ass back in the net That's where you what belong. That's he's always done. Well, he's wrong. Well, I guess he did it when he was faster. <laughs> All right. Rook. 
Oh. Why don't you give me one here? But Gusty's hurt, Kenny. Zero yeah, resin Masonic I need from you today. Got it. <clears throat> All right, we ready? I think so, oh. uh, Chris. Okay. I hope you're taking your music obligation seriously. Oh. Hey. It's the By end the way. of the world as we know oh. it, and he <laughs> feels fine. Never mind. Joe Suchere. Okay, before Rookie goes, I was going to bring something up there off the air. White shoe lawyers? Yeah. That's Fry came out of a white shoe firm. It was a white shoe firm the three phony college presidents hired to give them yeah. the word context. I've never heard that phrase. I love you, well, it. Well, Kenny, you must have not been here that day because I said the same thing to Joe three weeks ago. I said, what oh, you did? shoe lawyer mean? And he had to explain <laughs> it to me. That's means so they don't awesome. get their hands dirty. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I love it. When we dance, you have a way with me. Stay with me. Look at this nutcase. Who is this? The Suave Brothers. We had them at the fair. At the fair. Yeah, they were very we good. We did yeah. have the Suave Brothers. Yes. This kind of makes you want to take your clothes off, doesn't it? Not really. Yeah. Oh, really we that. should kind keep them hot on. in here. You, you should stay right. fully clothed. <laughs> You know, it all started in 2006. What did, man? My friends, uh, several long-standing charities uh, got together in Minnesota, and they assembled the uh, Minnesota Masonic Charities. It was a whole bunch of Minnesota masonry guys and gals with the mission to promote even greater levels of philanthropy. And today is one of the most influential grant makers in Minnesota, an essential service provider that positively impacts outcomes in education, cancer research, elder care, children's health, community service, and the preservation of Masonic history. Visit them in Bloomington. They have a beautiful campus, and they have a great museum. And you're going to learn uh, who all the Masons are. they got a huge table that they're a... Uh, uh, I would say, uh, what do you call it, a poster, a wall that says these guys were all Masons. It's very impressive with all the names and some of the phrases that have come from the Masonry. So check out the website, mnmasoniccharities.org. It's a really neat website, and it's a really neat place, and it's a really great outfit that is very charitable. mnmasoniccharities.org. Today in the uh, Wall Street Journal, the lead editorial is Claudine Gay and America's Institutions. That's the uh, headline. Claudine Gay's resignation as president of Harvard might seem like a ripe moment for introspection at America's institutions of higher learning, huh. a.k.a. the failed academy. Those are my words. Alas, they seem to be circling the progressive wagons instead. That's the message of Ms. Gay's essay in the New York Times on Thursday that accuses her critics of racism and know-nothingism. Those who had relentlessly campaigned to oust me since the fall often trafficked in lies and ad hominem insults, not reasoned argument. Boy, there's an irony in that statement. Mm. They recycled tired social, uh, racial stereotypes about black talent and temperament, she wrote temperament uh what what an irony that she would say uh she accuses her critics of uh uh not engaged in reasoned argument that's mm. exactly what the failed academy has erased good lord woman 
Public figures these days, no matter their race, are often targets of invective and lies, yet Ms. Gray brushed past the substantive criticism of her leadership and failure to punish anti-Semitism on campus. So did her bosses at the Harvard Corporation, which issued a statement Tuesday lauding her insight, decisiveness, and empathy. Jewish students at Harvard might disagree. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read the whole thing, but the point is, like uh, there's really some uh, great paragraphs in this unsigned editorial about the uh, mystery She blames opportunists for driving cynicism about our institutions. Well, that would be me, for example. I'm I'm cynical about the failed academy. But elite institutions, from the press to public health agencies to social media and big business, have undermined their own credibility and fueled public cynicism. Uh, I, I... Wonder if she understands that she's resting her my case. Yes, those entities have undermined their own credibility because they're adopting this oppressed versus oppressor mentality. Like Ms. Gay, they've done so by impugning as deplorable half of the country that doesn't share their views. If you support voter ID laws, you're a racist. If you oppose modern progressive culture orthodoxy about gender identity or pronoun use, you're a bigot. Hmm. If you question the left's climate policies, you're anti-science. Well, uh, that's because you won't engage in reasoned argument. They have sought to shut down intellectual debate on everything from the Palestinian-Israel question to race and COVID lockdowns, meaning the failed academy. The campaign by the press and public health experts to discredit the authors of the great Barrington Declaration, which called for focusing focusing COVID protections on the elderly and those at high risk, was a shocking case in point. This goes on and on and on. But Claudine Gay... uh, is digging herself a deeper hole, but only we see that. She and her supporters could not possibly see that because so many years of this ingrained idea of oppressed and oppressors has taken hold that uh, she, she is emerging from her complete mess as some sort of heroine to that crowd. That, uh, look, we have another victim. We have another. Uh, we have another person. Evil right wing people have put on the stake. That isn't it at all. But it is in their world. In a rational world, she would be admitting her mistakes, apologizing, and slinking away. If not slinking, you know, getting a ride, maybe. Got it, got it. Yeah. And admitting that she stole in a, other in, people's work. <laughs> in a rational world, you don't have homeless camps and pretend they're some sort of legacy Native American monuments. Uh, in a rational world, uh, the academy would not be failed. Uh, it is miserably and as as uh, as was noted yesterday by Brett Stevens, but he got it from us. The real question was, why did Claudine Gay end up there in the first place? So there you have it. Uh, 
If you want to read the other side of this, of course, the Star Tribune has an editorial today from the New York Times by Charles Blow, who was a trustworthy lefty, and uh, they took his leash off, and he wants to tell us that this is all racism and she's a victim and that's the great that's the great war in this country people that's the great war it ain't fought with bullets if you uh, do read chuck blow's piece make sure you have a tissue nearby to wipe off the uh, tears of laughter that you'll have because it's absurd and you know the star tribune uh, certainly within its purview to write uh, to print this editorial yesterday they had the opposite view from also the new york times brett stevens this one's charles m blow because when the at the new york times you get to use your middle initial mm-hmm. uh and he just uh, what's he right here he said uh mr blow if he's ever referred yeah, to in print yeah <laughs> but her the campaign against her see see in other words to hold her accountable becomes a campaign against her. Right. A, a well, race, words mean something. A race-based campaign, too, by the way. Uh, the campaign against her was never truly about her testimony or accusations of plagiarism. See, Blow is asking me to disbelieve my own eyes and ears. Right. The liberals love to do that. Forget your it was never about the fact that she didn't know how to address anti-Semitism. And it's certainly not about the fact that she's a pretty damn good plagiarist. Right. No, that's not what it is. It was a political attack on a symbol. See? Why, Blow, are you satisfied with your race being called symbols? Are you another product of being less made less than your whole life? It was a political attack on a symbol. It was a campaign of abrogation. It was a, it was and is a project of displacement and defilement meant to reverse progress and shame the proponents of that progress. Hmm. We, you, it, it's tough to have a country when this guy's this screwed up. When he's this think- far off the mark, we got so much work to do, I can't imagine it. Oh, one thing that she said is the campaign against me is more uh, more about just one university and one leader. And she's right. And do you think this is the beginning of the end for the failed academy? I or- want it to be the beginning of the end of DEI. And if you eliminate DEI, the academy can recover. All right. DEI is the vile, vile presence in this culture. It's ruinous. It really drove a wedge between um, what I thought was progress, mm-hmm. especially since the 60s. And you guys saw it then. Awful. I can't. Uh, I, I don't like uh, Blow's writings. Uh, I, uh, he is predictable. He is merely a very loyal soldier to the DEI movement. And he, uh, so be it. There's, there's nothing more I can say about him. Uh, he, along with uh, the rapidly disappearing Al Sharpton, uh, I mean, he's physically disappearing. He's just literally, he weighs about eight pounds. Yep. And he, he's uh, the, the usual suspects are, are charging into the frontier, claiming that uh, the likes of Claudine Gay are merely victims. Uh, it's a shame. They're, they're unwilling to uh, acknowledge your individuality. They can only see her as a member of a right. group. 
Well, what do you got going there, son? Nothing. How about you? <laughs> Joe, only two leaders, though, have stepped down, right, since the hearings? Yeah. Who was the other one? Pen, was it Pence? Shelly Bloodbath or Shelly Horvath? What the hell's her name? Bloodbath? She's Shelly, what it's, Shelly Penger? Shelly? The gal at Penn State, Kenny was right. Penn State. Penn, Penn State okay. gal's yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah, and I had dinner with a kid who just graduated from Penn State, and uh, you just gave a name as though Rook was telling you an upcoming state fair guest. Yeah, let's go, yeah, Sally. Yeah. Sally. Uh, no, I was doing that like Biden's birthday wishes. <laughs> <laughs> the you don't want it? Uh, uh, no. Uh, oh. Who? Come on, MIT president. Let's go, Sally. Get off your damn I'm email. Whatever the hell you're yeah, doing. There's, there's a good movie on that's kind of distracting. MIT or Mitt? Uh, is that two T's or one? <laughs> Cornblath? Is it Cornbluth? Corn Sally Cornbluth. Corn Sally. Sally Cornbluth is at MIT. Apparently, she's Cordon Bleu. Putting, up a good fight, putting up a good fight to stay. Uh, and then the uh, Penn State was who? That was uh, uh, that was Liz McGill. Liz McGill is gone, and Claudine Gay is gone. I see no one. Uh, opining about Liz McGill, uh, nor should they. She's as culpable as Claudine Gay, but when Claudine Gay gets reprimanded, that's that's a vicious attack on a group. Corn, uh, Booth, Corn Bluth is married to Daniel Liu, a professor of pharmacology and cancer biology at the Duke University School of Medicine. They have so two what? children. Corn Bluth is Jewish. I would have gathered that. Why that's a long distance marriage, isn't it? If she's at MIT and he's at Duke, yeah, that's what you call a perfect that's marriage. That's a hell of a situation. <laughs> yeah, that's can't no, get much better. You know Ain't no tension in that house. Right. Nope. <laughs> you like chicken cordon bleu? Uh, that's hungry man dinners and underpants every night. Yeah. That's Denny Moore beef stew. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> big pile of cans in the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Laurel and Hardy when uh, Stan was finally discovered 20 years after the end of World War I? Yes. Yeah. And he's in the, in the, uh, he's in the wheelchair. No, he's, but first they find him in Europe. He's still oh, in the, the foxhole. In the foxhole. He's worn a path in the cans are stacked about <laughs> 400 feet. <laughs> yes. Um, I have something sad though. Remember how dumb Damn, I used to be? Yes. Uh, what was that called? That was Blockheads. Blockheads. Yeah. Uh, today in the break room at uh, the airport. They talked into their microphone. There's a guy, Thank Oleg. You. He is from Ukraine and he has left Ukraine. Oh. He's got people still. It's a serious situation, but wow. he's one of our workers. He got a pass to work and he's very happy and a great worker. But today I was walking to the break room and um, he had a a can. He's eating from a can and it just said beef. And I really oh. I said, I gotta buy this guy a sandwich or something. <laughs> I felt really he's happy. He's, 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 he's ha yes. Was it was it directions on it, but it was basically with mar magic marker? Yeah. Yes. I mean, was <laughs> it dog food or something? It was. I felt my heart went out for I gotta buy a lunch or something like that. Yeah, he I'm gonna, here, I'm contributing. He was happy. He was just, it was just Beef. Don't tell me over in the Ukraine he was like a brain surgeon too. I haven't. Was the top of the can still visible, like peeled off at uh, the no, top? No, that was, he, did, he did successfully. I don't know with what. He was eating with two fingers. Yeah, eating with two fingers. 
Was he eating it with two fingers? No, he had utensils. He's, okay. he's utensils. a wonderful guy, but I well, just... None of this has to do with whether he's a wonderful guy. Why is a poor guy eating out of a can hey. that just says beef? <laughs> He was closed. Ooh. He had a meat. He had a meat. <laughs> uh, did we say Penn State? No, yeah, it's University. It was University it's, of Penn. I didn't say Penn State. It's Penn. I did. I did. You, oh, you Penn. University. Penn is an Ivy League school. Yeah. Harvard, Ivy League school. MIT is not Ivy League, is it? Man, you hit me. Look Verify that. You know what you should have asked him, Rook, as he was is digging Is MIT with... an Ivy League school? I, I believe it is, isn't it? It might be, but they don't have any sports. Well, no, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology is not an Ivy League institution, so. according to the Google. Okay. Yeah. Rook, when he was eating the uh, beef with two fingers, did you say, did you have mutton last night? Um, no, but I will tell you, <laughs> hang on, there's a, a quick story here. I'm it working, better be. I, I'm working on a conveyor belt behind customs where we where we put the carts in, okay? And I'm working with my boss, who's the owner, Jack. And we're we're doing some hardware work. And it's very quiet, and we're in a tunnel alone together. And I said, "You ever had mutton?" <laughs> and he's a guy's guy, a curmudgeon, and doesn't suffer fools. What the f is mutton? <laughs> so that was that was that's a, a good, that that's was a good question, thing. Matthew. Yes. What is mutton? What is mutton? Well, he Why asked I'm... me that the other day if I had mutton for I said, dinner. Yeah, mutton for dinner last night. Like yeah, but fool, he was. I answered him. Yeah, he was casting. And then a couple of moments of silence went by, and I said, you ever seen the Carol Burnett show? <laughs> Wait, his face didn't I just, just ask you that last yes, week? Yes, and he said, I suppose you think you're Tim Conway, huh? And I said, no, I'm more like Mrs. Wiggins. And he, he actually cracked a smile. But leaving the tunnel. Yeah, you're fired. He had his cell phone on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we get up. We start walking away. We're almost to the exit. And I said, oh, did you pick up your phone? And he didn't say thank you. What he said is, why did you make me walk this far without telling my phone was back there? <laughs> and he wasn't being mean. He was just saying, why did you wait so long to tell me that I forgot well, my phone? Well, why did you? Because it just popped into my head there. You want to take a time out and bring back John Height? First, I want to mention our friends at North American Banking Company, Joe. Thank you for asking. You see, I made the switch from my big national bank to North American Banking Company, and I think that you should do the same thing. They have six fantastic locations to serve you. My location's in Roseville, but you can also see them at 50th and France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their new location in Maple Grove. They offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. They are also locally owned and operated. Here's why that's a big deal. That means that loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. They are not sent out of state. So this helps business owners solve problems quickly and expand their business with confidence. North American Banking Company deals with numbers every single day, but you will never be one of them. And they get it. They realize there's no shortage of banking options in the Twin Cities. So if you're tired of just being a number to your big national bank, then be sure to check out my friends at North American Banking Company. Check them out online today, nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com to learn more. North American Banking Company does banking differently. They are also a member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Did you have mutton last night? Did you have, Did you have mutton last night? You didn't have mutton last night. Will we have marmalade for breakfast? Yes, we'll have marmalade for breakfast. Um, 
Traum, Rick. Oh ja. Oh ja. 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 What about Pat? Yep, he said he could do 115. 115? Yeah. Huh. Well, we're going to do news. That's fine, uh, Chris. Okay. Not a problem. <laughs> Not a problem. A lot of people like Mike Spoonover. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. Are you ready for us? Beautiful. Okay. All right. Uh, Oh, wait, sorry. Pardon me. Pardon me. I got to do it. Pardon clip. me. Is that the Chattanooga Choo Choo? All right. Uh, let's do it. Mike. Uh, let's talk to Mike first. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. Mike. Come on here. All right. Mike. You the talent. Mike. Mike. Oh, you want to talk to him first? Yep. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Mike. I'm here. What should we talk about? Uh, we can talk about anything. We can talk about play for Patrick tomorrow. We can. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. And uh, hold on. Let me uh, get the website up here. So I know that's just for the hockey players playing in the tournament. What? It's for the hockey players playing in the eighth annual play for Patrick hockey tournament. Oh. A special play for Patrick tomorrow. Yes. All right, let's do that. I'm ready, Chris. Ready. Here we go. And give the talent stamp. Stripper music? Yes, sir. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. I see Joe in a nice yellow. Frock sitting on a piano with his legs crossed. Big, long bar, tie undone, martini in front of me. I'd have a palm wall. Scoonies on the phone right now. Positive yesterday brought to us by Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care. They're in Shoreview, 1060 County Road E. Anything you need for those wheels of yours can be found at Schoonover, including wheels and tires. Get some new tires, would you? You're going to kill somebody in those old crappy bald things. Anyway... Uh, Mike, hi. Hey, Kenny. I'm I'm just trying to get that vision of Joe sitting on a piano with a palm all crossing his legs in a yellow dress out of my head. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh, God, it's hard. It's hard. For me, all I have to do is think about the Paul Mall, and I don't think about anything else. Uh, speaking <laughs> of bad habits, uh, you have a special play for Patrick going on tomorrow, Saturday, Jul- uh, January 7th? Yeah. No, 6th. Six. Six. Tell, tell me about 6. it, Mike. So, uh, so this weekend is the uh, eighth annual Play for Patrick Bantam Hockey Tournament that ECU Hockey puts on every uh, every year, and and so part of the part of the the deal they raise money for the foundation, and in return we screen all of the hockey players who will be participating over the weekend. So there's 12 teams wow. from around the metro, and uh, so we're going to be. Screening uh, some stinky 14, 15 year old boys tomorrow, which is going to be fantastic. <laughs> There's nothing better than that hockey smell. And, and yes, the there is. Smell, yes, the there is. Smell, that's a great smell. It's better than a Paul Mall. <laughs> <laughs> that smells like you've been left out wet in the woods for about four days. <laughs> so, since we're at such a, a late date and it's happening tomorrow, I'm guessing that you have all the volunteers and everything you need. 
We do. And I, I, you know, that's the, that's the really cool part about it is that, you know, during the holidays, we really didn't, we, we didn't advertise. We'd had a, you know, save the dates and we opened up uh, volunteer registration last week. And in 24 hours, it got filled. It was incredible. Oh, wow. Doctors, uh, medical techs, uh, non-medical volunteers. It was really cool. It was really neat. So, Mike, um, should some of these kids be arriving early to get their screening in before they hit the ice? How, how's this going to work? So they're going to we're going to we're going to screen them in between games. So we're going to be at the Apple Valley Senior Center, and uh, you know, GLers, pay attention to your social media because we might have some openings. If uh, if if we have some openings, we'll get some uh, oh. we'll get some other folks in there to be able to screen if we have the room. So, it, but it awesome. looks like we're going to have the room. It just depends on the time. So. So we'll be posting that out on social media, both on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, and I'm sure Joe will be just glued to Twitter. I love that, uh, Mike. I, I like to look at that social uh, <laughs> media thing. Well, that's uh, fantastic, um, uh, Mike. And Play for Patrick, what a wonderful organization. You guys really are changing lives. And, and that's we love you for that. And we also love uh, Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care for all the stuff you do to our Poor automobiles. You're rated as, oh, you know what? Before I wrap this thing up, I, I read a review a couple of weeks ago when you were gone. One of them was from a guy named Ross who had a Chevy. That Ross was our Ross from up the hallway, Ross Brendel. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? We're going to be talking about uh, Rook's, uh, Rook's uh, Jeep that we got in the shop right now that uh, they're going to be getting back in there in their garage next week. So wait for that. Let's talk about that. That It's going to be cool. Well, we'll talk about that next week, but this was a station vehicle that you worked on, right? It was uh, one that Ross drives. I'm wondering when you did the detail work, were you able to get the weed smell out of there or or what? (laughs) No comment. What (laughs) Ross do wrapping around a tree? No, just some minor body work. I okay. think there was a couple door handles that were busted off, and, and so it was just routine maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Wait, people was. trying to get in just or people trying car to get jacking. out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> door handles? What the hell, Ross? Oh, man. Uh, you guys are wonderful, Mike. Always rated as one of the top shops. GL's official body shops, KoonoverBodyWorks.com. Here's Mr. Thanks, Thank you, Mike. Yeah, see ya. Here's Mr. John Height. Thank you, Joe. This news is brought to you by the North American Banking Company. One of the seven people hospitalized after that fire early Wednesday morning in St. Paul has died. Officials confirming that yesterday. The fire we told you about was reported around 1.30 in the morning at a home on Arkwright Street near Hawthorne Avenue. Left six children and one adult in critical condition. Pa Cheng Vang, the father whose wife and six kids were hospitalized, has been posting updates to his page. He said Thursday the child who died was his oldest daughter. Three of his other children are at high risk of heart failure and brain death because of smoke inhalation. His wife also at risk of not recovering. There was a spot of good news. Two of the children have improved from being in critical condition. There's been a major break in the Metro-wide investigation into reports of public food benefits being stolen off the electronic benefit transfer cards impacting Minnesota families. Two men have been charged in Ramsey County Court with several counts of identity theft 
theft by swindle, and wrongfully obtaining public assistance theft involving the EBT cards, according to the complaints. Law enforcement alleged the suspects travel across the United States committing EBT theft-related crimes. 43-year-old Julian Irmia of Castellon, Spain, and George de Mulyasa, a Romanian national who did not have a permanent address, were both booked in a Los Angeles jail last night on Minnesota warrants. The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension here, their financial crimes unit reports they've been investigating more than 120 reports of EBT theft across the metro since November, with more reports coming in daily. These guys were skimmers, though, right? Uh, that yeah, I understand. They were they were skimmers, and they were using skimmers to steal the money. But how hard do you have to work and think of that plan? To pretty hard, yeah. So they were skimming the EBT cards, or yeah, using... somehow what oh, after okay. you uh, swiped your that. EBT card, it would say declined, and even though you're supposed to have fifty bucks in there, are you careful with your EBT card? Very. I don't let anybody <laughs> touch it. Doesn't this sound like a Tony Soprano operation? Yes. Yeah, it really does. Uh, update to a story we had yesterday. Former char uh, charges have now been filed against that friendly man accused of firing an AR-15 rifle to celebrate the new year. The firing wounded an 11-year-old girl in Minneapolis. 44-year-old James William Turner now is charged with gun possession by an ineligible person and reckless discharge of a gun. According to the charging documents, the 11-year-old told police she'd heard gunshots, went to the window to see what was happening when she was hit in the face by a bullet. She was taken to a hospital, underwent emergency surgery to remove bullet fragments from her face. Mary will let the guy out, won't he? I'm sure. Not I'm that sure. big of a yeah, deal. The kid, a kid didn't get that just hurt. Yeah. The uh, story uh, the fella uh, asked you about earlier uh, with the names, let's, let's go to that one. Federal investigators have busted a drug trafficking scheme that used toy stuffed animals to mail pounds of fentanyl pills from Arizona to Minnesota. The six. Wow. Six men and women were charged in U.S. District Court in St. Paul with conspiracy to distribute the powerfully addictive opiate from August to December in 2022. One of the defendants, 30-year-old Fautre Divine White, Fautre, F-O apostrophe T-R-E of Minneapolis. Fautre. Yeah, Fautre. Charged yo, yo, yo. Charged with being a felon in possession of a firearm and possession of a machine gun. Co-defendants are 24-year-old Cornell Chandler Jr., Robiel Williams, and Kiwan Bankhead, all of St. Paul, along with Stardasha Davenport Munger. Spelled just like it sounds, Stardasha. And, and Charday Allen of Minneapolis. Charday spelled S-H-A-R-D-A-I. Wow. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Charges allege that several of the defendants traveled to Phoenix to get fentanyl pills from suppliers, then hid them in stuffed animals and mailed the animals to addresses in and around the Twin Cities. Law enforcement in Dakota, Ramsey, and Washington counties became aware of the trafficking, initiated a joint investigation that led to the seizure of six packages containing more than 66 pounds of fentanyl pills. All six uh, defendants have appeared in court, have a joint hearing scheduled for March 7th. I'm occasionally around stuffed animals. Okay. You know, I always check them. <laughs> yeah. I always squeeze for bills? them. Well, you never know. There could be a lost treasure in there or got something, it. or something okay. got shipped from overseas. And I always I always give the, give the, a little 
Give the little like elephant that. or the little rabbit a squeeze. It's <laughs> like squeezing the Charmin. Huh? Yeah, squeeze. See if there's anything in there, you know. Uh, one sort of a sports note here Thanks from the Twins. Yeah, it's, it's well, good yeah, to have that's, Thanks for letting yeah, us in. Well, is. you know, it you're is. sitting there on the floor and the, and the kid's got the thing. You, I, I say, give me that a minute, and I just check it Let out. Let me check it. Let me see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like a customs official at I home. Am, I, uh, <laughs> for I, uh, cameras or microphones yeah, or fentanyl. I just want to see that everything's on the up and up. Got it. Uh, it's now official. The Twin Cities have been chosen to host the 2026 World Junior Hockey Championship, the most prestigious hockey tournament for junior aged players in the world. It chosen, be, I think you mean chosen. Yeah, chosen. That yeah. will be uh, will be called the 2026 World Junior Tournament, although they began on the uh, December of 2025. So she chose baseball for me. So wonderful, oh Ricky. <laughs> God, I loved him. I loved his ego, man. Yeah, Ricky was the best, according to Ricky. Man, yeah. I played in Toronto with a guy that wore a helmet. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's one of my top five stories in baseball. So John Olerud gets on base, and Ricky says, "Man, I played all last year with some guy in Toronto who wore a helmet. Wore in the a field. helmet in the field." And, and uh, Olerud says, "Ricky, that was me. <laughs> we're on the same team." Yeah. I, Ricky replied, what's coming up on the ride? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Games will be held at the Excel Energy Center as well as the 3M Arena at Mariucci and the University of Minnesota. The only other time the tournament was here in Minnesota was 1982, but it was played all across the state. This will be the seventh time the United States has hosted the tournament. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's become a big deal in the world of ice hockey. Is it well mm -hmm. attended? Yes. Okay. In national and international news, a follow-up to yesterday's school shooting, a sixth grader was killed, five other people injured when that gunman opened fire at a high school in Perry, Iowa on Thursday. Officials said the gunman was dead in what appeared to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The five people injured included four students and an administrator, according to the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation Assistant Director Mitch Mortvet. Four in stable condition, one in critical but expected to survive. Police say they also found a pretty rudimentary improvised explosive device in the school, which was rendered safe by the state fire marshal and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Uh, the shooter in this case killed himself, a 17-year-old student at the school. Yeah, was there any, uh, do we have any motive yet? Uh, only, motive. only thing I saw was that he had been bullied. Oh, the always much, available, he been bullied. Yeah. I got news for you. People have been bullied since the beginning of time and they didn't shoot each other. Yeah. Our weather forecast calling for a bit of snow the next couple of days. Not much, but that's not true for all of the U.S., Forecasters say a winter storm will bring a mix of ice and snow to a swath of the East Coast over the weekend. And uh, the uh, folks watching the weather say that'll probably snarl up traffic and cause power outages up to a foot of snow in some areas of the Northeast on Saturday and Sunday, according to the National Weather Service. It could be some of the first significant snowfall in major eastern cities in about two years. More than 20 million Americans were under winter storm watches or warnings this morning, including those in a cluster of Northeast states and areas around the nation's capital, according to the Weather Service. Let me check something. Yeah, Let sure. me check something. Okay. Tomorrow, 
Ooh, 3.30 game is Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Okay. That could be a snow game. Yep, yep, yep. The night game is meaningless in terms of me watching it. It's indoors. Houston at Indianapolis. Yep. Come on. You're but get Pittsburgh at Baltimore could be a weather game. Yeah. Yep. Could be. I don't know. Check it out. Legend oh. has it one time an outfield coach for the Oakland A's cited John 316 to Ricky Henderson, and Ricky said, Ricky don't want to hear about John hitting 316. Ricky hitting 330. <laughs> Ricky hitting 330. So my mother chose it baseball. baseball for me. So she chose it baseball oh, for me. God, that was close weird. enough. It was close enough. I don't want to hear about John hitting 360. Yeah. Couple of a uh, couple of videos making the news. Hollywood attorney Kevin Morris is backing a documentary on Hunter Biden. The untitled Morris Project would show the president's son painting, selling his art, raising his son, and navigating everyday life as a sober adult with ongoing criminal investigations. Well, that'd be really fun to watch. Yeah. I can't wait yeah. for that. <laughs> Nothing about strip bars and piles of cocaine yeah. and illegal okay. weapons. None of that. A film crew has been trailing the 53-year-old Hunter for years now and was most recently spotted recording uh, Hunter Biden publicly defying his subpoena from the House Oversight Committee to sit for a deposition December 13th. Now, if that uh, for- was you or me, John, we'd be in jail. What's that? I'm sorry. For defying the subpoena. Yeah, I know, but it's become somewhat commonplace in Washington. Didn't these days. he get 86 Jim Jordan club? Oh, yeah, there was he, a club in L.A. that would, would no longer have him. But it was the kind of club that's impossible was, uh, to get kicked out of yeah, because anything goes. No, so yeah, you got yeah. kicked out of that club. You really were alone. The, no, the <laughs> line you had was yeah. he was too deplorable for the deplorable club. It was, he was way too bad for the bad people. <laughs> for the yeah. bad and speaking of uh, videos, uh, President, uh, former President Trump just posted a satirical version of Paul Harvey's famous So God Made a Farmer video in which he, Donald Trump, is the subject. If you remember Harvey's uh, videos. Do we have it? Oh, he started, why can't we have this? I didn't know it was coming up. It's, it's, we'll it's find everywhere. it. He starts with God making a farmer, the Harvey speech does. Well, the script for this video starts with, and on June 14th, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. And it <laughs> continues on from there. I got to hear this. Former this president, really funny. The former president shared the video on his truth. Got it? That it? And on June 14th, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God. How was this done? That's got to be AI. Paul Harvey. AI. 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 Yeah. You can instruct AI to use Paul Harvey's voice? No, oh. Alan Iverson. I think he did this. <laughs> did you guys, did you guys see the new, Dell, the new Dell computers are going to come with an AI button right on the I keyboard. Don't like that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms, strong enough to rustle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to ruffle the feathers, tame cantankerous World Economic Forum, come home hungry, have to wait until the first lady is done with lunch with friends, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon and mean it. 
so God gave us Trump. I need somebody who can shape an axe but wield a sword, who had the courage to step foot in North Korea, who can make money from the tar of the sand, turn liquid to gold, who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation, will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours. So God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of this is vipers, so awesome. call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips and yet stop. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack. A man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country. Somebody who's willing to drill, bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the lands, secure our borders, build our military, fight the system all day and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. <laughs> then his oldest son turns and says, Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country to be the envy of the world again. So God made Trump. Okay, thanks, Paul. Just think of that. 250 wow. years ago, yeah. our Wouldn't Lord be... and Savior, Jesus Christ, <laughs> whose full name, you know, he was... He was Jewish, so his full name might have been like Christowitz. Christowitz. Yep. <laughs> God rose him from the dead okay. on a holiday we now call Easter. Yeah, a lot of people know that, but it's it's called Easter. It's when Jesus and the two Corinthians <laughs> Easter bunny and came back from the dead. Easter bunny. Okay. The two Corinthians. Let's analyze the two and a half minute. Let's not. It would be so much better if Trump himself voiced it so he could refer to himself in the third <laughs> person. Like Ricky. Yes. He would. Yeah. It would be so much better. Kenny's right. Because I got bored right away, but I kept thinking how awesome it would be if he had done it himself. I'm, I'm well, speechless. That doesn't happen. Well, we got to. Well, we got ten more months. Come on, fellas. He's sitting high up on his throne with a crown and a robe on. The only thing that would have made that staff. better is if he would charge people to be to listen to that. You know, ninety nine cents, like it's an <laughs> iTunes download. Don't, don't give him any ideas, Chris. That's a fantastic idea. Some spinning uh, in his grave. Yeah, you don't think yeah. Paul was a big Trump guy? Well, I don't know, but I, Paul was a tightwad. He probably wants the money. Sure. <laughs> yeah, give me the money. That's Somebody mad in his yeah, grave. Right. <laughs> so, I didn't get paid for this. <laughs> some entertainment deaths uh, uh, going on this week. Actor David Soul, who earned fame as the blonde half of Starsky and Hutch on television in the seventies, has died at the age of eighty. His wife Helen Snell said that David Soul died after a valiant battle for life in the loving company of family. Uh, not only was uh, Soul an actor, but at the height of his fame, he uh, hit the music charts with the single "Don't Give Up on Us." That song hit number one back in 1977 on both the Billboard and really? Catchbox charts. I never saw Starsky and Hush. Never saw an episode. I never. I, I never. I don't feel the pride. You would have liked Huggy Bear. Yeah. Or Captain Doby. I didn't get the car they were driving. It was such a big tank. 
What was it? Uh, the Ford. What was that big Ford from well, the rookie mid-70s? watch it, but he would not know what the car was. It was orange. <laughs> Glennis Johns, the British actress who had a transatlantic career that endured more than 60 years, won a Tony Award for her role in A Little Night Music and starred as a uh, suffragist in Mary Poppins, the classic film, died on Thursday in Los Angeles. Glennis was 100 years old. It was a 76 Grand Torino, really? which I always thought was a, just a kind of a big tank. Back in no. 2014, one of the original cars from Starsky sold at auction for 40 grand. Yes, it was a 76 grand Torino. That's nothing. That's cheap. I mean, yeah, uh, 40 grand. Is that the one where the doors didn't work? Uh, the Clint Eastwood movie called Grand Torino. Yeah. yeah. Featured yeah. a Grand Torino. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's good. Far more highly collectible than 40 grand. I got news for you. <laughs> If it wasn't a Grand Torino, that would have been a, a bad. movie called Grand Torino featured a Grand Torino. Yeah, if you had a Buick LeSabre, that title right wouldn't have been there, GL. You're welcome, GLers. You're welcome. Earlier in the week. <laughs> what kind of car does he drive? Ah, he's got a Buick LeSabre. Yeah. Early. Why the they movie, call it Grand Torino? The movie wasn't called LeSabre. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier in the week. in Pontiac Bonneville. Let's go. Let's Les McCann, a musician who helped shape the soul jazz style of the 1960s, died at the age of 88. McCann had a long music career all the way up to this past year, but he's best known for the 1969 anti-war song. Compared to what? A live version recorded of the saxophonist Eddie Harris hit the charts. Their live version recorded at the Montreux Jazz Festival became a surprise million seller in 69. And guitarist, singer, and songwriter Tommy Talton died after fighting cancer for several years. Talton, 74 years old, co-founder of the band Cowboy in the early 1970s. He was the house guitarist at Capricorn Records, the label that was the driving force behind the Southern Rock of the Ullman Brothers and Marshall Tucker Band. Talton, the guitarist chosen by Greg Ullman when Ullman embarked on a solo tour during a break in the Ullman Brothers uh, Band in the 1970s, uh, played on the very good laid-back record by Greg and the Greg Ullman on tour record during that era. Talton was 74, died of cancer. To this day, I can't see Greg Ullman and Cher getting married. To this day, hmm. that puzzles me. Why does that puzzle you? They so? just seemed like from two different worlds. Sometimes okay. that, you know, it works. From, uh, from what I've read, and of course I've read everything I can find about the Allman Brothers, they were very simpatico except for his drug use. Aside well, from I that. imagine that would be a, a problem. Aside from that, they were, you know, she, she to this day speaks of him as one of the, because he was considered the ultimate Southern gentleman. You know, huh. very polite, very whatever. Jimmy Carter and, loved him. Yeah, yeah. Loved the Allman Brothers. Had him yeah. at the White House. Huh? Mm-hmm. Randy For, Wayne White loved Jimmy Carter. Did he okay. have him at the White House? Who, who, loves, at, uh, who loves Randy Wayne White? Uh, Robin I thought, Carter. I thought we were creating a thread here. Oh, so. like uh, a why thread. don't we just Keep take going. a break now and go get Johnny, uh, Joe, uh, what's his name? Patrick. 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 Yes. Pat. But I want to hear from rookie about zero res first i can tell you about zero res am i a little early for pat not at all perfect timing well here's the deal you're a little bit early uh for the spring cleaning i would say so that's because you're on the ball get in touch with zero res right now and you can really really clean up zero res has got a wonderful deal for you that i'll get to but i want to remind you of their history first they've got 
a 4.9 rating on Google, 17,000 reviews, and they have a relationship with so many Minnesotans because they've been in their house, they've cleaned their carpets, their air ducts, their furniture. And right now, this is a great month to get that done. Three rooms, zero resified, starting just 119 bucks. And don't forget about your air ducts. This month takes 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts, zero res clean. Call right now. And it's so important to mention GL or the rookie special. You've got to do it to get it. If you don't, then they don't know that their advertising on Garage Logic is working. That's why you do that. Get your home zero resified and also the zero res gotta love it guarantee backs it on up. 952 Z E R O R E Z. It's time to do it. They'll be in and out in no time. Bing, bang, boom. It's like going to Wisconsin. Go online to zeroresminnesota.com and tell them you want the rookie special. Spelled forward or backward, it spells the same. Don't delay. Get in touch with Zero Res today. 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z. Nine five two zero. Yes. Uh, all right. Hey, Ken. All right, everybody. Before we say, yeah. before we break after Patrick, can you give me a sea foam, please? Sure. Was Thank that you. a big deal at the Gophers beat Michigan? Uh, kind of. Yep. Got her. Thank God I didn't go through the glass. No, that's good. Make sure it's open. <laughs> he lives for another day. John, there's a movie on right now called Don't Knock the Twist. Don't have you heard of that one? I have Chubby not. Checker, Gene Chandler, Vic Dana. Wow. The Carols. Yeah. And Don't let's knock. see. It doesn't say what year it was. Are you looking it up? 1962. Let me tell you something about that director. He loved the crotch shot. Yeah. You see more well, crotches than you do faces, and it's, it's in black the twist, and white. Kenny, come on, you got to yeah. crotch. Come on, baby. Yeah, there's camel toes everywhere. Chubby Checker was overrated, wasn't he? Huh? <laughs> Chubby made some fine records. Live performances in the film: Chubby Checker, Gene Chandler, Dee Dee Sharp. Linda Scott, Vic Dana. I don't know if I want to see Vic Dana sing a song. Guy walks up to the lady at the um, oh. at the counter. It's a true story. Yep, and he says, "Can you tell me where the Polish sausage is?" And the lady says, "Are you Polish?" He says, "If I asked you where the matzos were, would you ask if I was Jewish? No. If I asked where the Irish whiskey was, would you ask if I was Irish? No. So why do you ask if I'm Polish when I ask where the Polish sausage is?" Because this is Home Depot. <laughs> oh, so it took me it's a, a It's a Pollock joke. It's uh, yeah. Without like using the word. By the way, is is Pollock is Pollock derogatory? Should I not be saying Pollock? Uh, some will take offense to that. I don't. That was my uncle Al's favorite insult. He'd call me a Pollock when I was a kid. You little <laughs> Pollock. Louis Cardinal, too. Uh, yeah. Pollock's downstairs cooking potatoes or yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that Clint Eastwood drove a Grand Torino? That was that. That was a scorcher suit. <laughs> that, that was funny. You, that one came blasting oh, right in. It featured a Torino. Yeah. The, uh, the movie Grand Torino featured a Ford Torino. That's really weird. What a coincidence. It is. It is. Did you know that Summit Chinatown was set 
in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's grab uh, let's grab Patrick. You know, yes. in North by Northwest, Northwest <laughs> Airlines was in there. Is that part of the uh, title? Seen North it? by Northwest Airlines. Rook, you ever seen that one? Yeah, it's really. No, funny. you haven't. There's one I, where the guy I hear you like own it. flying a plane and stuff like that. I He's want it back. Mountains and things that don't have snow on them. <laughs> Are you ready? What? You know. That don't talk to him for a half hour. Let's go here. Hey, Joe's yeah, a little did, how did, uh, is he right today or what? How's he doing? No, I'm not. Who's he mad at today? I'm not. Yes, yes, we have. That <laughs> yes, was the third. Is. Let's go here. <laughs> let's go. Hey, here. let's check him. Fix him out. Help him out. Right. Now Chubby's doing the fly with me, whatever that is. Do you the remember fly? That was one? a big hit. Oh, yeah, Chubby. I do. That was a big hit. Huh? I got a brother exactly that movie. age. Kenny, Chubby so. Chaser. I know yes. all those songs. That's me. <laughs> I'm rolling. Here we go. Am I doing something here? After. Hey, we got a quarterback for uh, for Detroit. We're going to play Nicky. Who? Who? Mullins. Nick, oh, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. First, Chubby Checker. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Chubby. Yeah. I, yeah. Saw Chubby, I saw Chubby Checker in the stands watching his daughter play for Duke against the Gophers women team in 2004. Chubby was there. I'll be oh, and black hair, man, just as black as could be. I, I, I was thinking it might be a little a bit of a wig there. I thought it looked like uh, looked like it might be alive, but Chubby was there watching his daughter. <laughs> was his daughter's name Checker? No, the Bass was her last oh, name. I Bass. believe I believe some young lady got impregnated when uh, when Chubby was making the rounds back there in his rock and roll days. Yeah, so that's. that's that's the way I think that this, one You're out, right, but. Patrick. This movie I'm watching right now, it looks like you could take that helmet hair off and put it on the bureau. <laughs> <laughs> Misty yeah, Bass one. was a sophomore from Janesville, Wisconsin, on that Duke Ooh. basketball team. Yeah, there's probably some rock and roll joint up there back in the days, a roller rink or something. <laughs> Janesville wasn't there, so... Janesville, oh, Wisconsin. That's what it says on the Duke's oh, roster. Home of Terry Ryan. Was it a big deal that the Gopher basketballers beat Michigan? Yes, because last year, Joe, they won two out of 18 in the Big Ten. This year, so far, they've won two out of three. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a, that's an improvement. They actually are better, whether uh, that means much or not. But uh, I think it means enough that Ben is going to save his job. I think they could. I don't know if they'll win half in the Big Ten, but they might. You know, they were picked to finish 14th by both the coaches and the media and the preseason votes and, uh, and, uh, but they're better than that. They're, they are better this year. They got a, a front line. That's uh, not bad, big kids. And then they, uh, and they got four guards. So, uh, they, they, they are better and, uh, they get Maryland here on Sunday. So, uh, here's the deal. They start at four 30 by then the seed go for season of, Viking season will be over for at least two hours after they get their ass kicked in uh, Detroit. So right. you can go to the ball game. Right. You know, what the heck Do you have spunk that? today? Do you have spunk? I got spunk. Okay. I just I just got off the phone with Coach Moscow. I was talking about the World Junior Tournament. You it's know? a big deal. 
It is a big deal. And you know what he did this year? I couldn't figure out why he had his game scheduled Sunday and Monday Mm -hmm. against Colorado College. That's because his boys, his four guys playing today for the U.S. against Sweden, have a 10.30 flight from Sweden, and they will arrive Sunday morning at 10.30 and uh, will be available to face the mighty Colorado Colleges if they want them to. So mm-hmm. they got their four gophers on that team. But uh, it is a big deal because uh, all of them have played there. He was he was telling me about 2014, he was the assistant coach. The best player they saw in the whole tournament was a Russian named Kaprizov. So, mm-hmm. You know, who so is now they, so hurt we don't hear about him. I don't know when he's coming back, yeah. but he got two jabs in the kidneys into in Winnipeg last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know if it's internal bleeding or broken ribs or what the right. heck it is. But uh, and they lost again but, last night. They're depleted, Patrick. They're depleted. Oh God! I saw they called up some guy. Just ran across. They called up some guy from. Uh, Des Moines today that not even his parents have ever heard of him. (laughs) 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 Some complete stranger down there, about their ninth leading scorer down there. So we could really play the Charles Barkley game, who he play for. Who he play for. for. (laughs) Yeah, boy, they got him. It's unbelievable. It's the worst. You know who would be in heaven right now, though? Hmm. Louie. Telling us about man games. Yeah. yeah. Louis, this would be a man game frenzy for Louis. And you've already called the Gopher or the Vikings game. You don't like our chances. Oh, no. They're going to get beat. Detroit's mad. And Detroit's, you know, it could have worked out better if, like, they were playing at three in the afternoon and uh, Detroit knew they already had as much as they could accomplish. But uh, they're still trying to finish second and they're kicking off at noon. Plus, what did uh, what did Coach Campbell say he had some kind of fury? Uh, was it restrained fury or something? He's still up. They're they're still mad at the refs, so they're going to take it out on the Vikings. Sure. Just and, winning the division doesn't necessarily get you a home game. No, it oh, does. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. Will, yeah. it well, then what's Detroit it, fighting for? A well, second a home second game? Round, a second round. The higher game. seed. Yeah. If, you, if, if you finish second uh, and you, let's say you and Dallas are second and third, uh, Dallas will have to come to your place instead of vice versa. I see. Where the refs, and your place, the refs are less likely to be crooked than they were in Dallas last week. Boy, were they bad. Ooh, we talked <laughs> about that on Monday Night Sports Talk on Wednesday. Yes. yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> We've had a theme problem with that. Show the, the reason, the reason I asked Pat today if he had any spunk on Wednesday, he said, I don't feel like I have any spunk. I got no I spunk. Had, I had no spunk. I'm pretty good today. I don't know why I'm so spunk. You got spunk today. It <laughs> yeah. is my distinct pleasure to welcome you yeah. to yet another powerful <laughs> award-winning edition of who he played for? They made it a bit on their show. Yeah. They show a picture of a guy, and Chuck would say, "Who he played for?" He'd yeah. have no Didn't idea. A, Didn't he have a wizard hat on? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore. I don't know. I don't watch it as much as I used. Has to he not good. returned to television this year, Chuck? No, this is his last year, I believe. Oh. He said. I think he's. I think this is his last year. But they're paying him an ungodly amount of money to be on that TNT. But that show really 
helped improve the popularity of the NHL the last decade. I mean, the NBA, NBA. in the last decade, I yeah. think. Those guys, I mean, that show just created an attitude that people enjoy about the you know, the NBA, that it's, there's a lot of fun involved in all this. During the run of the San Antonio Spurs and Popovich, when Charles would start mentioning the big old girls from San Antonio. <laughs> he had to stop doing that. Finally, About three years ago, he stopped. He got I think he got in trouble for that. Yeah, that'll, that'll get you in some trouble. Do you like the Timberwolves at Houston tonight? No, I don't like them any place right now. Oh. Uh, they're playing terrible. Uh, yeah, they should. They, I mean, Houston's okay, but not. You know, Houston's a team you should beat, but they uh, they're they're a mess right now. They uh, they just uh, are not. Uh, are, they are not moving. They're, you know what? The ball's gotten sticky, Joe. I see. Especially when it gets to Ant's hands, it's sticky. Yeah, because he wants to be the whole show, and uh, I don't know. They uh, they uh, they have some issues, but you know, eighty-two game season, you're going to hit your uh, downs and your ups, and uh, I think they're in the middle of a down right now. Four straight road games, I think. So, uh, you are correct, sir. Four straight road games. Yes, those would be games so, on the road. Yes. Right. <laughs> Excellent analysis. Well, you know what we'll do Monday? We'll have Monday Night Sports Talk on its actual day. All right. That'll be beautiful. (laughs) Yes. All right. All right. Thank you. See you. Goodbye. I think he's regained his spunk. He was a little out of spunk. His spunkiness. How about some seafoam? Would that have done the trick? I don't know what happened here. Um, Getting a hold of me, it's kind of like, Trying to get into Fort Knox, but Sean, GL or Sean, he figured out how to do it, sent me an email about his seafoam experience. Uh, Sean says, like many, I'm a firm believer that technology doesn't always make automobiles better, just more complicated to maintain. Uh, He recently purchased at a surplus auction from a Minnesota city a full-size police van that was used to haul an emergency response trailer. 22 years old, but always uh, garaged, always maintained. So he anticipates a lot of life left in it. And uh, he, when he got there, it was half full of fuel. So uh, he dumped in a can of the big stuff, the seafoam truck and SUV. It's a big can. Topped off the tank, fresh fuel, 6.8 liter V10. Big mm. engine. Smoked a little bit on startup, but then purred all the way home for a three-hour drive. Sean says, it ran like a kid getting off the bus on the last day of school. <laughs> Sean plans on using seafoam in the oil a couple hundred miles before doing an oil change to clean up the pistons and rings just as a fresh start to his ownership. Seafoam sure is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Thank you, Sean. Oops. I don't like spunk. I don't like spunk. Joe, have you ever seen the Carol Burnett show? Oh, probably back in the day. I don't know if you have. <laughs> that was on Mary Tyler Moore, though. So have you ever seen I, the Mary Tyler uh, Moore I, show, Joe? I know. That's why I said that. Because Rookie asked Who was on the Mary Tyler Moore show? Spunk. Oh, I know the Spunk was, yeah. yeah. I hate Spunk. So was Mary Tyler Moore. Right. <laughs> but weird. She wasn't, she wasn't driving in Grand Torino, though. Yeah. What was the one you asked him the other day? She had a Mustang. 
uh, Mary Tyler Moore had a Mustang. Is that right? Yeah. What year? I never knew she had a car. About a 68, 67. Don't ask me that question. What? Say what? You only saw it at the beginning of the show. She never. Uh, oh, damn it. There was a guy who took the, all the Claudine Gay headlines and kind of put them together as a, what would you call it, a long thread? Yeah. And then had the picture of uh, of Otter. And we're oh. not going to let you oh. sit here and badmouth the exactly United States of America. Yeah. But it was filled with uh, profanity. So it was very, very funny. Very, very funny. Yep, got it. Oh, there's, there's quite a few of those memes out there on uh, hawking memes. at the uh, island, Pato Island. Yep. Yeah. What so he was a guest first? Guest out there? Yeah. Gross. Well, just, it's fun to watch sometimes. Just wanted to read oh, the article. God. But who would have to deal with him? Let's, well, he was uh, let's, uh, a sharp guy. I, you know, he, yeah. Get out the chain hoist. Oh, wait. Oh, God. Trying to make this romantic. Yeah. I'm going to change the subject quickly. Jesus. The uh, intro to Mary Tyler Moore, Joe, the first shot is the Mustang. That's what I said, John. You only see it at the beginning. Yeah, the first shot of the intro. That's right, John. She's driving down a highway in Minnesota. That's right. Minnesota. She's heading to Minneapolis to make her way in life. Exactly. Wasn't it 394? I don't know, Chris. It wasn't. But she's coming up 35. Highway 12, then. Highway 12. White Shoe Lawyers. It's a pretty damn good show, really. Yeah, it really yeah. was. So, right. No, it, it was it was very good. Watch it again. You'll think it's good. <laughs> I, I'll watch it almost. Well, I don't see it anymore. Well, because they I don't, Is it still today. on somewhere? I think it's on like right about now. Oh, um, sure, brother, like Me TV or one of those channels. Is Get no. TV a Hubbard entity, I wonder? I don't know. G-E-T, Get TV. I don't think so. Let me look that up. The nine or the five? It's 247 in my house. No, it's owned by Sony Pictures Television. I see. Right, but we would buy it and stuff it on one of our channels. Stick it on one of the channels, yeah. yeah. They have a Kojak. They got the Rockford Files. Hey, Kojak, how you doing? Uh, You know. Ready for scramble, bro? You don't know sometimes. Are you done working today? I have to go back. You got to be briefed. Uh, got to be briefed. The pegs <laughs> up, in the, uh, up in the tunnel. And then I have a three o'clock meeting, uh, weekly check-in meeting. Got to fire somebody? The owners. No, I did that last week. I see. Had to fire a gal. Little. Uh, not showing up. Little, uh, what do we call it? What was the word you used? Getting pretty good at it. No. Uh, like the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're done, by the way. Okay, back. Give me your badge. Do you have the scramble ready? I'm going to need all that. Yes. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Are you ready? Man. Yes, I'm ready. Thank you. Thank God today is Friday. First scramble of the new year. Happy New Year. It's a scramble. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy. In this country, we say happy. happy. <laughs> 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 he didn't say that. All you did is laugh.
<laughs> yeah. But just, then he says, thank you for correcting my English, which stinks. Don't I didn't know he said You don't that. want to challenge me on this one. <laughs> don't. Okay. You're, you're right. Okay. Only. What movie was that? Trading well, places. I didn't, I didn't. I'm not citing them. Just, this is fact. Fact-based. Wasn't oh. it coming to America? Or No, that was Trading Places. Yeah. Was yeah. it Trading Places? Yep. Yeah. Huh. No, was it? Yeah, it was. Because they're on the train. What? Yeah, on the train. An African king. Because they were trying to switch the suitcase, which contained the frozen concentrate (laughs) uh, crop report, the orange report. So they switched the suitcases and they pretended, Dan Acker pretended that he they had met at a conference. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the pavilion. We had big fun there. Wow. That's the one where Franken got down with a gorilla, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they are cannon apricots. No, that was uh that was Clarence Dakes from Lindhurst Security. He was oh. the one that was putting the gorilla suit. Uh, Franken and Davis were just um they were merely baggage handlers that yep. had uh, had a couple oh. of drinks. Uh, no, sir. There is uh, enough drunks on this train already. That's pretty good work that's been done in the 20th century. Yes, of all 21st century of all the the gamut of all the artistry and and beautiful work (laughs) and music that's been created and beautiful paintings and films, movies, everything you have that memorized. Oh, like (laughs) what what scene do you want to start in? Got it all. We hit this the oh, other man. day, Joe, when you weren't on, though. Yeah, he knows yeah. every line from every movie when he worked at the theater because he saw every film a hundred times. Okay, give me the whole scene. I'd sneak in there on Officer and a Gentleman every once in a while and Deborah Winger. and uh... yeah. <laughs> Give me the scene when Eddie Murphy's on the skateboard uh, in the park. Oh, that is, hey, baby. Uh, once you had a man with no legs, you never go back. We can make it, baby. Get you. And then he sees the cops, and the cops come up, and he says, "Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? And bang, dang, beat, bang. You were in there? Uh, I was all over that place, basically. I was uh, agent, uh, agent Orange. I was agent Orange. <laughs> and then they pick him up by the arms. What happens then? Pick him up by the arms, and... Uh, his He's, legs. His legs stop, and the, the blanket falls, <laughs> and his legs. I can see. I, I have legs. Oh, praise Jesus! Praise Jesus! Praise Jesus! I have legs, and then he starts walking away, and then that's when he, uh, yeah, the other guy, uh, he gets busted. It's pretty good. Is there a problem, officers? That's funny. <laughs> but again, all of the wonderful things that have been done. I mean, I, I gave you some films one year for Christmas, really good things, and you you and you just have to think that. Uh, that for, How many of those films still have the cellophane yeah. wrapped around it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, probably eighty percent, I'd say. <laughs> you look at the back, and it says, "This sounds pretty boring." I don't think there's any, you know. <clears throat> Fun scenes. What was the name of the club in Philadelphia that Dan Aykroyd and his soon-to-be betrothed were a member of? Oh, yeah. What was that, that club? That was the... Um, it w- I don't remember. I don't even no, know if no, it had no. a name. It, it had a name. I it, th- was it did. Because when Clarence Beeks is talking to the guys, <laughs> the, he says, we here at the whatever club have a thief among us. Yeah. And then they have to reach into the put a hand on the shoulder of the guy next to him and the other hand into his pocket 
of his. Apparently, according jacket. to IMDb, it was also a pawn shop, the Heritage Club. The Heritage Club, yes. Where Winthrop and Valentine first met. Mm-hmm. That's probably out on the main line. It was the, the old rich white guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These were all uh, these were all well-to-do, like Randolph and Mortimer Duke. Fine uh, traders, brokers. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. From that couple that travels the world, the traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Are you talking about January 5th? In 1805, Joseph R. Brown was born in Harford County, Maryland, a drummer boy at Fort Snelling. He would learn the Dakota language and later become a trader, a member of the Wisconsin Territorial Legislature, a participant in both the Stillwater Convention and Minnesota something constitutional constitutional convention the editor of the minnesota pioneer and the henderson democrat and an officer in the u.s dakota war he would also be the first lumberman to float logs down the st croix river and would stake out the first road from st paul to prairie duchene wisconsin he died on november 9 1870 boy did he keep himself busy didn't he what was his first job joseph r brown his first job was a a drummer boy at fort They told me. On this day, in 1892, mining classes began at the University of Minnesota as Professor William R. Appleby instructed a class of four students. Wow. And then finally, on this day, 1928. Hmm. Walter Fritz Mondale was born in Ceylon, Minnesota. A lifelong public servant, as we know, he represented Minnesota in the U.S. Senate, uh, occupied the vice presidency under Jimmy Carter, ran for president against Ronald Reagan, and served as U.S. ambassador to Japan. Fritz had a long and busy life, didn't he? As a public service. Really Ceylon, yeah. Minnesota. Ceylon would be down, I would guess, uh, very close to the Iowa border below Rochester, Minnesota. All right. Yep. Uh, south, southeast East. Minnesota. Harmony Spirits down that way. Was it, uh, did you find it yet on the map? It's, that's why it's I asked. It's a very it's, small yeah. town. It's not popping Population. Up. Very small town. Yeah. Sorry, I asked. And, Several. Uh, so that was uh, Fritz Mondale, born on this day in 19. 19- 28. I see. Thank you very much, GLers, and have a wonderful first new year of the new year. Have a wonderful first weekend of the new year. That's right. Right. And don't forget to download what, Ruck? The uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe. Oh my gosh, it's so easy to subscribe and it won't cost you a one red cent. What does one red cent mean? Uh, probably racist, so I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to guess. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, then, I, then I won't use it. I just, yeah. one penny uh, and that is at YouTube. You subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube. Better yet, spend a little money and subscribe to Garage Logic as a town council member. Go to garagelogic.com for 10 bucks a month and $100 for the year. You can eavesdrop on us and tell your friends. You know what happened during the break? It was super, super fun. It's just that easy. You eavesdrop at the, at the Garage Logic 
town council as a member. Have a great weekend. Scramble. And what is this? We're getting back to normal, aren't we now? One red cent is merely a means to describe a small amount of money. Yeah. Uh, For example, I wouldn't pay one red cent for a ticket. I wouldn't pay one bronze cent. Yeah. Yeah. The original U.S. copper penny was reddish in color. And so it was also called a red cent. But aren't we still on with the council? Thank you, GLers. (laughs) Grazie, GL. Uh, Red cent can also be used as a noun to refer to a copper penny. Uh, John had that, reddish in color. What about Red Smith? Uh, Red Smith's name was Walter Smith. He went to Notre Dame. He was from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Did you know that? Look at us, the best three sports writers in the country. I love that. (laughs) Here we are, gentlemen. Here we are, gentlemen. Who was the third? Jim Murray. Jim Murray. Who he play for? L.A. Times. Los Angeles. Remember, John, a great columnist for the Los Angeles Times. Was it Jack Smith or Jack Jack Smith? Mm. Who wrote about living in the Baja? I don't. All right, everybody. <laughs> don't Baja. You are correct, though. Jack Smith, Jack Clifford Smith, Los Angeles journalist, author, and newspaper columnist. From when to when, does it say? Uh, 37 years. It was wonderful. Uh, He wrote uh, many stories on the Black Dahlia case when it first hit. Yeah. Newspapers were newspapers. That's when a smoke was a smoke. Do you need that? Late 40s until... Okay, I'm about to ask a really stupid question. (laughs) Yep. So bear with me. Yep. How did you read Helen Kemp? You syndicated. Oh, Yeah, you're all syndicated then. All right. Royko was syndicated. Who was the funny guy out of Washington, D.C.? The guy I'm thinking of. Art Buckwald. Art Buckwald. Art Buckwald. Art Buckwald. Yeah, those were the days. Those were men. Were men. Yes. The sheep were afraid. Isn't that the old saying? Yeah. Jack Smith. That's a pretty normal name, isn't it? It is, Jack. All right, Smithers. John Mellon Cougar Camp song? No. Yes, it is. What do Mellons do in the summer? They go to John Cougar Mellon Camp. That's Smith's. Oh, excuse me. Tonight is the 5th. I think we're putting away the Christmas stuff. Thank you. Yeah. The village looked great. <laughs> I set up an nativity scene this year. And I, was, I had many, many um, compliments. Even from Gabe. <laughs> we had our old tree that we put outside with lights on. Because we bought a new tree this year. Jesus. Yeah, thank you. It's his birthday. He was the birthday boy. You're right, Kenny. Very good. The homeless wow. camp in Minneapolis. <laughs> it just keeps offering up the information. Your council wants to know what happened to the village. Where the hell is Rookie's tree? Right. Why is it outside? Tell us about your new tree. I can tell you about the wigwam, which is a big hit. 
The wigwam. The wigwam. That's right. Oh, Kenny, Kenny wasn't Kenny here. Kenny didn't hear it. Yeah. Rook, you got a new audience now. Kenny. You built a wigwam? Well, not so much as a, uh, a traditional so wigwam, which we just put it's up a the bed end. sheet hanging from its three season <laughs> yeah. porch. No, we, oh, it's a fort. It's a fort. It's, it's, a, fort. Fort. it's a wigwam. We put up our twelve by twelve with sides, our tent in our backyard on the on the patio, and then Why? put a, um, what is it? A fire table and, they and all, a couple of outdoor heaters. They all died of smoke inhalation. No, it was well, it was well ventilated. Well, we had a lot of people over for Thanksgiving and for Christmas Eve, so it it worked out wonderfully. Joe, you didn't go over to look at the village and have no, a sandwich. You wanted some sandwiches. The homeless camp in Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. That's what Rookie's Yard looks like. <laughs> yeah, if I don't take that thing down before a big storm. Yep. Uh, it's a miserable dump that needs to go away. And would if we had elected the right people. W-O-O-D? That, that, that doesn't reflect... How you came off, though, Joe, because that's harsh and mean, and you actually came up with some really good heartfelt solutions, which I know that's not your act and not your bit, but it makes you sound cold and angry and bitter what, and old. What, the sentence I just gave him? Yeah. Okay, when in fact, this, this I'm going to take was... Kenny's counsel. Let's do it again. All right. Scrap let's that. Take it from the top. Take Rush two. Hell of a bit you got going. How about if the right people are elected, there'd be no such problem as having to clear out a homeless camp. That's why That's God better. invented Trump. Yeah. <laughs> right people were elected. The homeless camp. There would be no homeless camps to clear out. If the right people got elected, comma, there would be no homeless camps to clear out. Let's take it again from the top. Now back Comma. in the back in the fifties and forties and thirties into the sixties, the only familiarity I would have had what are now called homeless people were bums. No, 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 hobos, 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 and they'd come to the windowsill and take the pie that was cooling, which <laughs> actually happened to Jennifer's mother, who put a pie on the windowsill and a guy took it and he said i just came up from the railroad and she said well eat the pie take off well i'll see you hobos later my grandma would put them to work what kind of pie make them rake the yard or so like joe make them rake the yeah. yard yeah. <laughs> what's that sentence say now Jennifer's mother, no. If the right people were elected, comma, there would be no homeless camp to clear out. Okay. Now let's go to... Uh, yes. Claudine Gay, yep. comma, the former president of Harvard, comma. Oops. Capital P. Of, of Harvard. Harvard, comma. Yep. Doubles down... Yep. And accuses her critics of racism. Oops, why is that? Why did I spelled racism right, didn't I? R A C I S. Oh, I had a, accidentally had another I in there. All right, see you Monday's, Rock. See you, Rook. See you, Rook. 
Okay. Uh, okay, Rook. Uh, Patrick and Heights. And Patrick, yes. Johnny oh, Heights. I had some spunk today. Some spunk. Yes. Uh, this this comedian, I went down a rabbit hole on this comedian who I find pretty good. Nate Bargatze. Bargatze. I know everything he's ever said. I am so obsessed with that dude. It's all delightful. Send me news stories, Johnny. I did, Chris. <clears throat> Thank you, Johnny. He, uh, I just, I got in an argument last night about how men have no idea what the hell their kids are doing, where they go to school. And I played for her that Nate bit where he said, um, the school called him and they asked him what bus his kid was supposed to be on. Oh, God. And, you know, he, he responded the same way you or I would. It's like, uh. I don't know. Why are you calling me? There's yeah. two names. What made you want to call the dad? Right. The I don't even one. know where the kid goes to school. The yellow one. <laughs> the yellow one. Well, he's got a really unique view of the world. He I read I listened to one this morning where he talked about his lawn service guy to cut the yes. grass. Yeah. As his wife. Yes. But I said, yeah. before you do it, you got to go to every single neighbor and tell <laughs> yep. them you want to do this. Because yeah. I don't want to be that guy who says, you making your wife do the lawn? <laughs> Another guy you'd really like is Tom Papa. And he also works mostly fairly clean. He might drop an S uh, shit or whatever. Uh, but he's also hysterical with a funny point of view. Is this Nate guy intentionally clean, or is that yeah, yeah, he is. Um, yep. That's but he's of... been he's been at it for over twenty years. Yeah, he's a overnight success that took twenty years. He's like Sharon and the Dap Kings, Sharon yep. Jones. Yep. Remember, I asked her once, "Is this happening?" She said, "I'm overnight if it counts about thirty years." Right. She was on with Marjorie. One of the great moments in U.S. history. Oh, uh, Nate has a special that I think is on Amazon Prime that you would really enjoy, yeah. about an hour long. And I just rewatched his SNL uh, stand-up, too. That was, boy, that was good. You see the one where he's checking in at the airport and is, he has the license, <laughs> says Nathaniel. Yeah, the guy says, "Well, we got a problem. We got a problem." <laughs> this is Nate. Nate, he says, "Well, how about this? How about the picture would be hundred percent me, <laughs> yeah. and the name would be seventy percent me? Could I get in then?" <laughs> he's he's clever. There's something about him. He's very clever. Seventy percent of marriages in are uh, seventy percent of fights in marriages. Uh, they're no big deal. Thirty percent, the police come. Yeah. Uh, yeah, him talking about fighting with his wife is really funny too. I had not heard those. Oh God! Well, it strikes me that they wouldn't be fighters. They had a debate over one fell swoop. His wife was misusing the term "one fell swoop," oh. and he won the argument, but she wouldn't let him win the argument. We all know how that goes. <clears throat> I got to get the, uh, give me some sound here. Wayne LaPierre resigned. Interesting. Who that? So Just Google. Head of the, uh, one, head of the Nate, NRA. Uh, Nate Bargetzi, one fell swoop. 
Well, I want uh, the Saturday Night Live. The NRA, John? The yeah, Gun Wayne LaPierre, you know. Those the guys, guys used- calling me at, at 10 p.m. to beg for money. Wayne's the guy that used all the money for his own house, remember? Built a gold bathroom and took all the NRA funds and did it. Wow. But, no, but nobody seemed to care at the time. But now he's resigning because they have a court case coming up. Although he says it's because of health. So, <clears throat> He's the one Ollie North went after. Here's the first time I've Create an amazing game. website. That was on You'll need your web developer, UX writer, and Amy. What? Fiverr freelance graphic designer with dozens of five-star reviews. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Bargetsy. Need volume. Huh? I need to hear this again. This is the first time I ever heard of the guy. And that was just, what, a few months ago? Yeah, no, just last month. Me too. And since then, I've gone crazy. Wonder how he got the gig. It's funny. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you very much. It's very exciting. Uh, it's crazy. I'm as look. If you're at home, I'm as shocked as you are that I'm here. So uh, it's you know I've come to this building for a long time, and so it's unreal to be here at this at this Saturday Live, which is crazy. It's all right there. Uh, I uh, my name is Dave Gutsy. I'm from Tennessee. I uh, yeah. I'm also I'm from the 1900s, <laughs> and uh, I just think you got to say it. Like the world is so future now, and I feel in the way of it. <laughs> hotels, hotels are futuristic. Like you go, like I'm. You take a shower. The shower is enclosed, oh, but God. now a lot of hotels have half a glass. Yeah. And water gets on the floor. And that's the future. That's what the future, <laughs> that's what they want. And, yep. you know, I would like a whole glass. They do have a glass because I'm still alive. So they're like, they don't want to hear me going, like, where's the glass? At? So they do half a glass. And then the future, the floors are always wet. Every floor. <laughs> I mean, I think my, I'm 44. My daughter's 11. When she's my age, it will be 2057. I don't even believe that's a real year. My movies didn't go that high in fake years. How am I going to talk to someone from 2057? I have more in common with a pilgrim. I saw... I saw too much old-timey stuff. That's I'm pre-internet. I mean, I would go, we go to uh, a county fair, Wilson County Fair, and uh, this is in Tennessee, if you're wondering. And we would go there. Uh, fairs, I don't know how they're still open, but they, I don't think the government knows about them. Cause, I don't know. We ride these rides that were on the interstate an hour ago. Uh, so my dad, my dad is a magician, if you don't know. And... We would go watch him perform. Uh, this is the 80s. So we'd go watch him. My dad's doing magic. Right next to him, they had donkeys jumping off a high dive into a pool. <laughs> so pretty tough to keep people's attention when my dad is like, is this your card? And everybody's like, hold on, this donkey's about to jump off this high dive. <laughs> That's something you don't think you want to see until it's up there. And... <laughs> 
I used to, look, I used the word jump very loosely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. These donkeys are falling off this high dive, but can't put that on the sign, you know. Um, you gonna watch a donkey fall off a high dive? You know. What if he jumped? Well, at least he's into it. <laughs> Just so you know, Peter. Uh, shut that down. And yeah, and that was one everybody was like, we get that one. Uh, there's another one Peter had to shut down. Uh, so this is also in the 80s, pre-internet. Uh, you could fight an orangutan. You could fist fight an orangutan. This was offered. We didn't have a lot going on. This is what we had to do. And. So orangutan would be in a boxing ring with boxing gloves on, and it would stand like this. And then a guy would pay $5. It wasn't for free. He would pay, and then he'd go in there, and this orangutan would just knock this dude out. Uh, because we didn't have the internet to look up how strong's an orangutan. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was all word of mouth back then. Uh, you had to meet a guy that just fought an orangutan. <laughs> and you're like, are they strong? You're like, yeah, dude. Like, I, But the arms are skinny. I know. That's what I thought as well. That strength comes from somewhere. Look, you think I'm old. There's people older, older than me still around. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. Walking around. People from the 30s. My great aunt Helen from the 30s. She's deaf. They didn't know she was deaf until she was nine years old. That's how long it took them to figure it. Deaf, one of the easier ones to figure out. <laughs> and the doctors were baffled as, as they smoked in her face. And they're like, uh-uh, you know. She's rude, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> My mom, my parents are getting older. So my mom, we had her go pick up our daughter recently at a friend's house, and I texted her the address. She drove to the wrong house. So she knocked on the door, and another grandmother answered. Well, this is not good. Uh, this is like two dogs seeing each other through a fence. <laughs> They're going to be there for a while, you know? So my mom, she knocks on the door. Uh, another grand, the grandmother, she could, my mom goes, is my granddaughter in there? And that lady goes, I have three grandsons, so no solution. <laughs> just two grandmothers, just, do you have stuff? I have stuff, too. <laughs> they talk for 30 minutes. It's a wrong door. <laughs> I had to go get my daughter, then find my mom. My dad, too. My dad's, you know, my dad has surgery eight times a year, probably. And he loves it. He loves it. Uh, <laughs> he had surgery because uh, he was addicted to Afrin, the nose spray. <laughs> look, I've been addicted to Afrin, the nose spray. Uh, if you don't know what it is, I would honestly tell you not to get involved. It's one of the best things I've ever been part of. Uh solves everything immediately when i was on it to my wife she'd be like what's that noise she hear one puff what's that i go i go live like this 
I ain't worked this hard not to do effort in my own home. So my dad, my dad goes to the doctor and they were like, do you use Afrin? And he goes, no. And the doctor was like, like, I can see that you use it. I was just saying that. Uh, he goes, how long have you been using it? My dad said five years, which is a lie. But my mom was there and she goes, uh, how about 45 years? That's how, that's how long he's used it. 45 years. The back of the box says no more than three days. There's not a medicine on earth that tells you to give it a good 45 year run. <laughs> Is there really such a thing as Afrin? That's why I get nervous as I get older, because I am already not smart and I'm in my prime right now. I don't read, I don't read any books. I don't do it. And I think, and I think that matters. I do think that matters. <laughs> Reading, I believe is the key to smart. That's what I've always said. And <laughs> I don't do it because every book is just the most words. It, it doesn't let up. I'm 